Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. I hope you're having a happy, or I hope you have a happy, holy Christmas season. Amen. Remember us Catholics, Christmas is such an incredible event. The incarnation, God becoming a man, just like the resurrection, that we have to celebrate for eight days. And by the way, the number eight in the in, for the Jews, it means eternal life. That's why a lot of the old uh, baptismal fonts over in the Middle East, they're eight-sided. Okay, that, 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 that doesn't stand for the UFC octagon. It stands for baptismal fonts. Eight means eternal life. And that's why we are on an eight-day celebration as Catholics. The Christmas season, Jesus Christ is born. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Terry. Amen. I say that every day. Yep. Thanks be to God. Hey, uh, just today, and I, I know this is the octave of, of Christmas now, and we... Uh, you know, I would encourage all families to take the children, the family, uh, to nativity scenes uh, outside. We we put a beautiful one outside our chapel if you're in the Southern California. And <clears throat> really think about God becoming man. It's such a beautiful teaching. And then tie that into the Holy Eucharist, that our Lord uh, is a uh, our body, blood, soul, and divinity is in every Catholic church. So make some special visits there. Just today, we have the Pope explainers coming out. Uh, did Pope Francis' document on same-sex blessings actually say anything? And I, I want to say this because, really, uh, actions speak louder than words. Let's see what the words say, but what really is important is what actions are taking place. That's number one. Also, and the other question is, did the DDF uh, use, the, they use the word innovative declaration on blessing? Is it a disaster? Is it? In other words, they're putting another another segment of what blessings are. So I always think of what St. John Henry Newman said about development of doctrine, that it uh, doc, development of doctrine isn't coming up with new doctrine. It's a better way of explaining doctrine. So let's keep that in mind. Also, Jesse, just to make a note, um, the, the world right now is at war. We've got the war in Ukraine. We've got the war in the Middle East. And uh, I saw that in Bethlehem, uh, it was a ghost town. Nobody's there. And uh, it's so sad to see that. Uh, the Savior of our world, uh, Jesus Christ, his birthplace, didn't get any uh, visitors because of the war. So we need to pray for peace in the world. And let's just be honest, Jesse. Peace only comes through Jesus Christ, not, not yes, through dialogue or compromise. It comes through the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. Yes. And, and Terry, peace doesn't come... When uh, you're at a Novus Ordo Mass and during the sign of peace, you start going like this to people. Like yeah, this. oh, no, no, no. That's the uh, hippie uh, sign. That's the, exactly. That's 1960s hippies peace, yep. which means uh, make peace, not war. This right. is not this is not a Catholic liturgical sign, folks, when you during this, don't be doing this, okay? Yeah. Your hand, your hands should be together like this in prayer. Yep. The peace that we promote is 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 shalom in in Hebrew or irene in Greek, which means reconciliation with God the Father through Jesus Christ and the sacraments. Amen. That is peace. Yep. And you can't get that from the United Nations. Terry, I got a few news items before we go to the gospel yeah, me, of the yeah. day. Yeah, here's a couple of news items. Uh, number one, another another cardinal's coming out and speaking out. Cardinal Wilfred Napier. 
He's uh, he's a black cardinal. He says uh, fiducia supplicans lacks one essential word in the document. Repent. Yeah, of course. That's the gospel. <laughs> Repent. Repent and believe. Yes. So uh, it also, uh, here's another article. Blasphemies profligate, proliferate, excuse me, proliferate after the Pope's declaration on same-sex marriage. So all over social media, you have images now by the Catholic left on social media. And they're showing how demonic this really is, Terry. Yeah. What they're doing is they're putting the image of pride flags as a backdrop in many churches where the Blessed Sacrament is exposed. This is all over the, 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 the media. So the Catholic left, whether they intend to or not, if this is, this is a dark message that yeah. they're sending, they're putting the pride flag as a backdrop in front of the Blessed Sacrament. In other words, they're basically saying this is the power of pride, the ascendancy of pride over the person of Christ. I just want to remind those people, this is diabolic, and remember... Satan fell from heaven like lightning, uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of time. And I'll tell you before the dawn of time, and this is going to happen again. Any Catholic that's putting this up, they need to repent and remove that immediately. Also, Jesse, before you go on, I just have to say actions speak louder than words. So you can say what you want. The document says, and we'll talk about it. But you see, there's an example of the action of the document. Can you I'll just say this one quick note? And that is, can you imagine your kids, mom and dad, listening, and they see the priest blessing two same-sex unions, okay? Do you see that the action of that? They're not going to understand anything more than, I guess that's okay. See, this is why Jess and I speak out, because that's not a world biblical view. That's a worldly view. What else do you have going, Jess? I had to say that. Yeah. Uh, another news item. Yep. Doesn't surprise me here. Uh, it says... Ignoring fiducia supplicans restrictions, German church is already proceeding with development of formal ceremonies for blessing sin. And Jesse, can I just jump in? Many people say, well, that's why the Pope did this. He wanted to stop the schism in the German church. Can I mention something? That's being very nice. Okay. He empowered it, Terry. He empowered it. It's just the opposite by letting it get this bad before he even tries to put a little, say, well, we'll take it this far. No, they're, they're going all the way. Okay. Yeah. So don't, don't tell me he did this to try and, and, try and uh, appease the German church so they wouldn't be a schism. I, I, they're already in schism in my book. Yeah. So the, the vice president of the Central German Committee of German Catholics announced that in light of Rome's permission yeah. to, to grant blessings to couples, in irregular unions and same-sex couples, the German bishops will continue as planned to work for to, to work to work on a handout yeah. for blessing ceremonies to give to priests, ignoring the Vatican's stipulation to the contrary. Uh, so yeah, the Germans are going to say, "Hey, we'll just take it a step further." Exactly. Finally, Father James Martin's announcing that he's blessing his friends in same-sex unions after the Pope's new text. Of course. Father James Martin, pro-LGBT, has become the first American cleric to publicly announce that he will offer blessings to same-sex couples, writing just minutes after the publication of Pope Francis' <laughs> document approving such, such blessings. <coughs> he says, along with many priests, 
I will not be delighted to bless my friends in same-sex unions, wrote Father Martin. He says he's very jubilant on a social media post following the newly issued document for Pope Francis and Cardinal Fernandez. Martin praised the text as a major step forward in the church's ministry to LGBTQ people and recognizes the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples for God's presence in their loving relationship. Oh, yeah, but of course, nothing has changed, right? Oh, nothing's changed. You see, Jesse, actions speak louder than words. I'm going to probably say that throughout the show because there's an example of action speaking louder than putting it on paper. Continue, please. Yeah, let's uh, let's go to today's gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Amen, bro. Terry, I want to do the first reading because today this feast day of St. Stephen the Martyr. Oh, yeah, what a guy. <laughs> Stephen, filled with grace and power, was working great wonders and signs among the people. Certain members of the so-called synagogue of freedmen, Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and people from Cilicia and Asia came forward and debated with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he spoke. I'll tell you why, because he, he, had, he had godly wisdom. That's why. When they heard this, they were infuriated, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked up intently to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out in a loud voice, covered their ears, and rushed upon him together. They threw him out of the city and began to stone him. The witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And and, and And the psalm for today is Psalm 31, into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Very interesting because that's exactly what Stephen did. Psalm 31 verse 5 is what Jesus Christ said at the cross himself. Mm-hmm. Into your hands I commend my spirit. Every Jewish family t- teaches that to their kids. That's part of their night prayers. Before they go to bed, that's the final Jewish night prayer. They all say, Lord, into your hands, commend my spirit. St. Stephen said that. Uh, today's Psalm says that. And today's gospel warned us, warned that the, the apostles and the the successors of the apostles, that they will be taken before synagogues and governors and kings, and they will have to bear witness before these pagan overlords, and uh, and they will be put to death. Well, Terry, we're seeing it here in America. We have a president right now that's openly, his FBI has openly stated that they're going after Catholics. Yeah, well said, Jesse. Uh, you know what? We don't have time to get the smartest guy in the room. When we come back, we'll get something that ties right in with Bishop Sheen and our topic uh, remember this, though, Jesse, homosexuality, uh, divorce, and contraception are all contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's interesting. All three of those topics, many of the folks who are promoting these are the guys inside the church. What? Yeah. yeah. And here we are, lay people, trying to hold on to the deposit of faith. Crazy world. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more Crazy on the world. Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I'd like to bring the smartest guy into the room, full sheen ahead. I'd like to tie his statements into our church today. Remember, everybody knows Bishop Sheen said, the problem with our church is we want a Christ without a cross. So I'm going to interpret that to say, 
in our church, we want to live a worldly life and still think we're okay with Jesus. I'll give you the three elements of a worldly life. Homosexuality, it's okay. Contraception, it's okay. And the third one, believe it or not, many people on abortion, uh, you know, they say, hey, it's okay. And here's the point. We live in a world right now that actions speak louder than words, and we need clarity with charity. We don't need someone trying to divide the church to try and have a worldly worldly view rather than a biblical worldview. And I see this on the topic that we're going to cover today. The world says homosexuality? Of course it's okay. Get over it. And the church has always taught, no, the biblical worldview says and condemns it. Just read the first, read, uh, read um, St. Paul's letter, and it's very clear in Romans that it's condemned. And so I'm going to go with the biblical worldview rather than certain people in our church who are trying to water down a, a biblical worldview with a worldly view that says these things are okay. Your thoughts, Jess? And let's get to the uh, topic. Yeah, uh, Fulton Sheen. Yeah. Fulton Sheen also has a, a beautiful Christmas reflection, Terry. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Yeah, he says, There are two births of Christ. Yeah. One unto the world in Bethlehem, yeah. the other in the soul, when it is spiritually reborn. Men think of the former much more than the latter and celebrate it every year. But the spiritual Bethlehem is equally momentous. It was the second birth that St. Paul insisted on when he wrote from prison to his beloved people, the Ephesians, asking that Christ, may, that Christ may, may dwell in their hearts by faith and that they may be rooted and grounded in love. This is the second Bethlehem or the personal relationship of the, of the individual heart to the Lord of Christ, Venerable Fulton Sheen. Amen. Full Sheen ahead there. Just, just this, this document that you, this, let, this article from Catholic Vote, <clears throat> as titled, Explainer, did Pope Francis' document on same-sex blessings actually say anything? Let's get into that. You want to start it? No, you start it. I'd like it. Uh, I'll okay. start it. Okay, okay, I'll say it. This okay. is week's, okay, this week's Vatican Declaration, okay, from every all words, as opening the door to blessing same-sex couples claim to avoid any confusion or scandal. Really? Mm-hmm. But reactions from Catholic LGBTQ activists and media outlets would suggest the document produced, no, more confusion than clarity. And that's why I say, Jesse, you're going to read this article, but think about our children. You're at church, Mom and Dad, and Father's going to bless two guys holding hands, saying that we're same-sex unions, and they're going to bless them. Do you really think your kids are going to say, well, yeah, that's just uh, a technical thing that they're doing? No, they're going to say, well, I guess... I guess it's okay. And then when they see the flag in the church, I hear this all the time. Did the Catholic Church change its view that it's okay? See, this is why we need the the confusion that's being put out by the church right now. It never supports the gospel. It always undermines the gospel. Continue to read this, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Catholic Vote reported that the prefect of the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Victor Emmanuel Fernandez, released a declaration, which is the highest form of teaching, called Fiducia Supplicans on December 18th that bore Pope Francis' signature and officially opened the door to Catholic clerics blessing same-sex couples. I can't uh, just, I didn't Get remind people that. Yeah. that Father that Cardinal Fernandez wrote a book called The Art of Kissing. And can I also add, Jesse, he also was condemned by a previous CDF 
uh, a congregation of doctrine of faith leader and saying that he was wrong. And then uh, Pope Francis fires the guy who condemns him and then puts the, the guy that's in trouble to, uh, who, who was condemned because of his error now in charge of the chicken coop with the CDF. So I just want to clarify that too. Continue. In other words, the person that got an F yeah. in math yeah, now, now, now he's now he's teaching math. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, that's the person that uh, yeah the person that got an F in math class yeah. is now teaching math class, and the teacher that was a uh, a Yale scholar just got fired. Is this yeah. microphone on? <laughs> Come on, Jess, continue. The document presented the blessings of same-sex couples as a pastoral act, but affirmed that the church's teaching on marriage has not changed. Pastoral, okay. Give me a break. Okay. However, several Catholic theologians have since written that the document was unnecessary. I said that on day one. We didn't need this. Yeah, no. And, and only created confusion among faithful Catholics. I said that on day one. An, an unnecessary document created confusion. Okay, yeah. So, Catholic commentator Phil Lawler wrote for, for Catholic culture that fiducia supplicans insist on a distinction between giving a blessing to a homosexual couple and blessing their relationship. However... Philip Lawler added that it is almost impossible to convey that distinction to the faithful and to the rest of the world. Especially yeah. to our children, Jesse. And this yeah. is why I keep saying actions speak louder than words. Continue. Terry, I call it a, a distinction without a difference. There you go. That's what this document Excellent. is. It makes a distinction yeah. without a difference. In, okay. So, <clears throat> and it, Philip Lawler writes, anyone can ask a priest for a blessing, but, but that has never been questioned. No. But when two people ask a priest to confer a blessing on them as a couple, how can the church avoid the impression that the priest, as representative of the Catholic faith, is blessing their union? Philip Lawler added that even though fiducia supplicans requires the blessing to be spontaneous and avoid the use of words, gestures, or clothing that signify a wedding, it won't be long before a same-sex blessing becomes more of a public celebration that gives uninformed people the impression that the church supports same-sex unions. We, we well, call that the slippery slope, Jess. And I proved it by uh, what's, what are the German bishops doing right now. No. They're actually drafting a document on blessing homosexual uh, weddings. And Father James Martin is, is doing it, and he's, he's posting it on social media. Yeah. He's doing it right now. Yes. And, and, and Jesse, this is tragic because, like Philip Lawler says— Bring a young child to a service like that. And will the child come home with an understanding that the church did not bless the union? I think it's a great point. He asked it. Lawler also wrote <clears throat> that the document gives pastors space to make their own decisions about supporting same-sex unions. Now, the Vatican statement <clears throat> leaves pastors to decide for themselves how they should respond to the couple's request, he wrote. But here's the interesting thing. Yet, it cautions them not to rely. Are you ready for this, Jesse? This is <laughs> fixed nature of certain doctrinal or disciplinary schemes. Forgive my cynicism, but that sounds to me like an innovation to fudge the doctrinal issues and avoid any unpleasantness that might arise from the church's condemnation of unnatural acts. He nailed it. They're saying, oh, we can't be doctrinal on this. We have to be pastoral. Here's the point I'm going to make, Jess. Being pastoral doesn't mean you compromise the truth. Continue, please. Yes. Annette Jules, a Catholic commentator on X, wrote that fiducia supplicans 
Seems intentionally confusing. Oh, yeah. Great statement. Great statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Intent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I would call it weaponized ambiguity. There you go. That's a good term. Yeah. Yeah. I can't comprehend why fiducia supplicans was deemed necessary without assuming it was purposely designed to confuse and mislead. Uh, she posted on X, quote, aren't priests already free to bless any person who requests a blessing? Isn't it already very clear that blessings are not the same as sacraments? Of course. Well, technically speaking, fiducia supplicans renders no changes in Catholic doctrine on sexuality. What it does do is leave the widespread impression that Catholic teaching has changed. Through the Maybe actions. Yes. Speak louder actions than words. Speak louder than words. Yes. Mm-hmm. Continue. She then. continued. This is a big statement yeah, here. That is. It's good. Of course... That's already happening throughout the mainstream media today. I pity the priests who will be approached by homosexual couples requesting church ceremonies to bless their relationships. This will happen. Some of those who are refused, guess what? Will sue. That's true. And in some cases, especially if you've got an Obama-appointed judge, they will win. In light of judges and juries wrongly interpreting a document issued by the Vatican itself. So the question is, did anything change? Though the document itself and Catholic theologians maintain that the church's doctrine on sexuality has not changed, LGBTQ activists and mainstream media say otherwise. And Terry, what's more powerful a, co- a college professor who's who's speaking to thirty, uh, you know, kids yeah. at a Catholic college a semester, or the mainstream media that's speaking to millions of, of people every day. Remember, it's sound bites, Jesse. That's what people hear. Sound bites. Remember, Father Frank told us that. Yeah, yeah. People aren't going to take a no. six month no. a six month Study. course. No. Uh, 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 to to read Fiducia Supplicans nope. Nope. over at the Augustine Institute. Nope. People aren't going to do that. No. People are going to li- turn on the radio and television, listen to what MSNBC, yeah. CNN, Washington Post, uh, and, and ABC. Uh, and what do they say? Oh, wow. That soundbite? Guess what? That's not what they're going to take and embrace and believe. They're not going to go do a six-month study of the document, no. you know, with, with an egghead professor. No. Just remember, Father Martin said this. Nothing has changed. You hear the people, but be weary of those people who say nothing has changed. He responded to today's news. It's a significant change. Remember, this is the man who met with the Holy Father several times on this issue. In short, yesterday, as a priest, I was forbidden to bless same-sex couples at all. Today, with some limitations, I can. Now, the Vatican's new declaration, it's a major step towards the church's ministry to LGBT people and recognize the deep desire in many Catholic same-sex couples for God's presence in their loving relationship, Martin added in another post. He says, it is also a marked shift from from the conclusion, God does not and cannot bless sin from just two years ago, along with many priests. I will now be delighted to bless my friends in same-sex unions. And Jesse, I'm not a judge. I can't tell you what's inside of people, but I'm going to tell you what the Bible says about that. It's a, it's a, St. Paul condemns this action. And Jesse, we have to be like first century Christians again. 
We have to have a biblical worldview and not a worldly view. What Father Martin is, is proclaiming again is the view of the world. And remember what Bishop Sheen said. <clears throat> we want a Christ without the cross. We want to live worldly lives and still think we're okay with Jesus. Father Martin, you're wrong. Terry, i got to find that video clip of Fulton Sheen where he says, we want a Christ without any moral indignation. Wait, i gotta find got to find it because... That, yeah. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll be worth playing every day for the exactly. next couple of days. Yeah, because that's exactly, Fulton Sheen was, was screaming that yeah. the world, or, or, or what we need now, is a Christ that has moral indignation as Catholics, and, because we don't have that. And that's why we need Bishop Sheen beatified right now, because his clarity in the church today would be a breath of fresh air in this air that we're breathing of ambiguity, weaponized ambiguity. Stay with us, folks. We'll be back with more. On the Terry and Jesse Show. Hey, Merry Christmas in this octave of Christmas. Our yeah. joys in the Lord. Don't forget, we hey, worship. Man. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Jesse, let's pick up on this article. Francis E. Bargino, editor for the pro LGBT organization of New Ways Ministry, called the announcement an early Christmas gift to same-sex couples. Now, how did they interpret that, Jesse? Continue. Th th to me, that says it all. Yep. Actions the speak louder than words. Than words. The Vatican, here's what they did, Terry. They said, okay, the document said this, but you know what it was, Terry? It, it's, a <laughs> it, it, it's a dog whistle. Yeah, exactly. Okay? You always and say that. The Vatican was dog whistling yeah. the Catholic left yes. and saying, we're going to go up to the line, but we can't go farther than this right. because people like Terry Barber and Jesse Romero and Michael Hitchborn and yeah. Taylor Marshall yeah. and, and others and LifeSite News. Yeah, Tim, what they're going to do is they're going to call us on it. Yeah. So we have to watch. We only could go right up to the line. So when they start uh, confronting us, we could say, hey, we didn't cross the line. We didn't say that you can bless homosexual couples. But Terry... People are going to read into that the spirit of the document. Yes. The spirit of the document right. is what they're reading into it. And that's why you're hearing James <laughs> Martin, the German bishops, Franz de, Bar de Barnardo from the New Ways Ministry, etc. The Vatican's doctrinal office, pre the doctrinal offices previously claim that God does not bless sin, has been uprooted <laughs> by the new exhortation. God never turns away anyone who approaches him. Francis Bernardo, the editor of the Pro-LGBT organization New Ways Ministries, argued that, and, and, uh, that fiducia supplicans replaced the teachings of a 2021 document from the DDF that responded to a cardinal's question or dubium about same-sex blessings. The 2021 document stated that God does not and cannot bless sin. And that while the same-sex union cannot be blessed, the individuals themselves can be blessed. Talk about confusion. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. We're, that's, this is wordsmithing. Not black and white Catholicism. That's Contrary to the claim that the document has been uprooted, the previous teaching on blessing same-sex unions still stands. Media outlets only added to the confusion as some headlines reported that Pope Francis allowed priests to bless same-sex relationships, while others stated that the Pope only allowed for the blessing of same-sex couples. CNN also referred to fiducia supplicans as a shift away 
from the 2021 DDF document, further adding to the public misconception that the Vatican had recanted its, quote, God cannot bless sin comment, close quote. And if I can just jump in, that makes that's reasonable to think yeah. that, Jesse, based on what you read, that yeah. this is now just an update that one minute uh, we can't bless sin, and the next minute we can. See, that's ambiguity at best. I mean, we're, we're being generous. What I see really yeah. is... This is deceitful, Jesse. I'm going to say it deceitful. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah that's a good word. That's a, that's a nice New Testament well, that's word, right. by it's the a way. Bit, I'm going to tell you yeah. who the head guy for deceitfulness is. The devil. So I, That's where I was going. <laughs> Go ahead, Jess. You know where I was going. <laughs> on, on X, the document was hailed by the political organization Occupy Democrats as a historic announcement and a seismic shift in the church's policies. Wow, does it surprise you the Democrats are, are you know, doing oh, backwards? Happy, over, of yeah, of course. Uh, Eric Sammons, editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine, broke down the components of fiducia supplicants for analysis and found that several paragraphs of the eight-page document contain questionable or ambiguous statements on tradition, liturgy, and blessings. The Vatican stated, quote, from a strictly liturgical point of view, a blessing requires that what, what is blessed to be conformed to God's will. That what is blessed be conformed to God's will, as expressed in the teachings of the church. Eric Sammons commented that, note the language used to constrict and even vilify the traditional Catholic meaning of blessings. It says, quote, from a strictly liturgical point of view, there should be no separation between liturgy and life. Eric Sammons continued, when a priest spontaneously blesses someone or something, it's a liturgical action even if it's not strictly defined in church rubrics. This is because liturgies are public worship of God. And the act of a priest imparting a blessing on a person, a thing, or a couple is necessarily included in that public act. Fernandez and the Pope seek to separate the union of liturgy and life, making liturgy just something we do in church and under specific guidelines. Liturgy becomes a dead letter instead of what gives, instead of what gives us life. Fiducia Supplicans also stated that when considered outside of a liturgical framework, blessings are found in a realm of greater spontaneity and freedom. Eric Sammons countered that, that there technically is nothing outside of a liturgical framework and added that spontaneity shouldn't undermine liturgical significance and guidelines. I know why Eric Sammons is arguing that way. I'll tell you why, Terry. Tell me. Because... A priest's hands are blessed. Yeah. They're consecrated by God. Yeah. Oil was put in their hands at consecration. And so uh, Father Ripperger, Kyle Clement, Dan Schneider, the, the, the team from Liber Crystal, they yeah. said that anything a priest does yeah. is now liturgical. Yeah, this is why, yeah, this is why a priest has to watch what he does with his hands. You know, like uh, it's because his hands were consecrated for liturgy, not for boxing, yeah. not for putting handcuffs on people, yeah. not for being a DJ and spinning records. Right. And so anything a priest does with his hands is either going to glorify God, it's meant to glorify God, or it's a satanic ritual, whether yeah. they know it or not. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that was taught to me by the Liber Crystal Makes team. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Where you and I, yeah. our hands weren't consecrated to God. No. So if I want to spin records this Saturday at a, yeah. at a, at a party, I could. Sure. It does, it's not offensive no. to God because I'm not, I'm not a priest. Right. My hands aren't consecrated. So uh, the article says, <clears throat> Salman's countered that 
and, and again, that's the point that I made. In my experience, the best priests always are careful to stick as close as possible to official rubrics when spontaneously asking for a blessing. Many even carry the book of blessings with them so that they don't have to create their own blessings, uh, Chris Sam, uh, Eric Sammons wrote. They understand that their blessing, while not strictly part of the church's official liturgy, is still a liturgical act and instinctively perceived as one by those being blessed. That's, by the way, that's Father Ripperger's position as well, yeah. Kyle Clements and Dr. Dan Schneider, yeah. that anything a priest does with his hands, whether it's inside the church or not, it's a liturgical act because their hands have been consecrated unto God. So it makes total sense. Jesse, I'm going to make a statement that's going to be controversial, but I, I think I can see the writing on the wall. This kind of a logic that they're using regarding same-sex blessings, they're going to say this about women deacons. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Next. They're going to put another set, like another department. Yeah. Oh, they're not, we're not changing. Women can't become you know, the liturgical deacons. They're just going to do the functions of a deacon. But they're really not. You see? And so this kind of approach is... In practice, changing doctrine, changing uh, you know the the teachings of the church, in the sense that in by its action. So I might be wrong, but let's talk about within the next eight and ten months, by uh, next October, let's see if they have some idea that they're going to say, well, we're just going to bring deaconesses in, and they're not really we're not changing the teaching of John Paul II or anything. No, this is just just because we want women to have a fuller part in the liturgy. And this is what is sinister about it, Jesse, because what it's doing is it's confusing people and they're saying that, no, we're not changing anything, but the actions are changing it. So I just want to say when we come back from the break, let's let's get into that DDF's innovative declaration because they yeah, call we, this can, we, we can start now. We'll do we'll it. Start now. It's we got innovative. a few minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, we the do. Latest, the latest document for the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith titled Fiducia Suplican. Yeah which means supplicating trust. Right. And a lot of us as late Catholics don't have a lot of trust None. in Hernandez. No, no. Has generated a lot of controversy since its release early Monday and has become more and more common these days. You find both staunch conservatives and progressive liberals agreeing that there is more to this text than mm-hmm. meets the eye and that it does indeed represent an important shift in magisterial te- teaching. Mm-hmm. In a podcast... Called the Catholic, called I, the Catholic. I heard thing. the podcast. Yep, I know the one. Yeah, Robert Royal does a good and job. Father Gerald Murray said the new text has introduced an innovation. That's yep. something new. Yep, the cardinal used that word. That's pulling the rabbit yep. out of a hat. That's right. Into how the church understands the nature of some priestly blessings in order to justify the blessings of same-sex couples. The indefatigable. Well, that's a big word. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Indefatigable. That means they don't get tired. Right. LGBTQ advocate Father James Martin <laughs> agrees, as we see in his statement on X, that, quote, be wary of nothing has changed, says Father James Martin, responds to today's news. It's a significant change, says Father James Martin. Oh, yeah. In short, yesterday as a priest, I was forbidden to bless same-sex couples at all. Today, with some limitations, I can. Close quote. My own view mirrors that of, of, uh, of uh, Royal and Father Murray. Robert Royal and Father. Right. And I think the document, this is uh, Dr. Larry Chapp. He's a theologian who wrote this. And I think that do- the document clearly calls for an interpretation that views it as a significant change from past practices. As usual, papal splainers 
are left scrambling for justifications and explanations that are increasingly difficult to sell to anyone who has been paying attention. If there's nothing really new here, and the text is just repeating what Paul Francis has already said in his response to the dubious questions in October, right before the Synod, then why issue it at all? And not only issue it, but raise it to the level of a declaration, which is the highest level a DDF document can reach, the last one being Dominus Jesus in the year 2000 by Pope Benedict XVI, or Cardinal Ratzinger. In fact, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, in his preparatory remarks, says that the document represents an important development of the Church's doctrine concerning blessings, which is why he was issuing it as a declaration. He goes so far as to refer to this development as an innovation, so he admits he, something exactly, new, Terry. Exactly. Yeah. It's unreal, Jess. The value of this document, however, is not that it offers a specific and innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings. We'll pick it up from and, there. And, and just this, the, the card, this is the same cardinal who wrote the book on kissing, the art of kissing. I have no respect for him, no, okay? I have no, respect for him. no, because he's out of bounds, okay? No and respect. So, anyhow, when we come back, we'll finish this up and much more here on the Terry and yep. Jesse show. Again, stay, keep your focus, everybody. The octave of Christmas. Let's, let's, let's keep promoting. When you go out of your stores, say Merry Christmas to everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess, you were just explaining uh, the Cardinals uh, saying that the value of this document, however, is that it offers a specific and innovative contribution uh, to the pastoral meaning of blessing. He, he admits it. It's, it's you know, it's innovative. Mm-hmm. Permitting a broadening enrichment of the classical understanding of blessings. Wow. Which is closely linked to a liturgical perspective. See, he, he, this is this is all new. Such theological reflection based on pastoral vision, and here it comes from Pope Francis, implies a real development from what has been said about blessings in the magisterium and the official texts of the church. This explains why, why this text has taken on a typology of a declaration. See, wow. he admits it. He admits a re- it. Um, implies a real yeah. development. I would call it's it's not a development. It's an innovation. Yeah, let's it's call it for what it is. Because remember, Saint John Henry, Henry Newman said, uh, "Development of doctrine is where you have a better understanding of the teachings of the church, not a new teaching." And this is definitely a new a teaching. A new teaching, yeah. So unfortunately, the document is just the latest in a line of confusing texts and documents in an already confusing papacy. Mm-hmm. Why is this document needed at all? <clears throat> the innovation of posting a distinction between types of priestly blessings, which makes some of them non-liturgical and non-sacramental, is problematic. Of course. The text apparently presumes that such a distinction is possible, but it flies in the face of the fact that when a priest blesses anything or anyone in any setting of any kind, he is doing so not as an individual who possesses some kind of personal powers of magic, but precisely in persona Christi and in the name of the whole church, which possesses the full agency of Christ as he who blesses the world. Jesse, what you just read, there's no ambiguity in that. It knows exactly what the blessing is saying. This is what we need. Continue, because that that was gold right there. Therefore, all priestly blessings have an inherent orientation to the liturgical and sacramental life in the church. Indeed, 
Is this not why people want a priest to bless them, their houses, their devotional objects in the first place, their cars at the airport? I could ask any random layperson to bless those things in the name of, of Christ Jesus, but we <laughs> seek out instead priests to make such blessings because of his sacramental character right. to the one possessing holy orders, which in turn is what links him to Christ and any and all of the other sacraments in a preeminent way. In other words, we seek out priestly blessings because we rightly sense the full weight of the church and all our sacramental glory behind those blessings, unlike a layperson. Thus, all priestly blessings are inherently sacramental and liturgical in a real way. Again, yes, that's just, what, just that's to, what the liberal crystal team teaches yeah. exactly. And Jesse, this is the traditional understanding of blessings for 2,000 years. So yeah. this is, like you said, an innovation. Continue for the distinctioning between Indeed, blessings. Indeed, <clears throat> uh, it says, uh, yeah, indeed... A distinction between blessings and liturgical sacramental right. orientation mm-hmm. and those without and those without one might make might seem to make a useful pastoral distinction, but it is a, a distinction that smacks of a clever here it is it is a distinction that smacks of a clever theological parlor room trick rather than a genuine development the theological development I like that Carl Fernandez calls it a development of doctrine, but it is not evident no. how this constitutes a true and organic development of the doctrines concerning blessings instead of instead of just some sleight of hand yeah. in order to determine predetermined results. That's exactly what this is. He it's a sleight it. of hand. Yeah. Yeah, because they they already have a predetermined agenda. Yeah. In other words, the document the, the article says, as I said about the recent motu proprio, the text re- reads like a conclusion in search of an argument. Mm-hmm. The only reason for such distinction between different kinds of blessings and the only reason for inventing a new kind of non-liturgical, non-sacramental kind of blessing is to justify blessing people in sinful sexual unions yep. while still being able to claim that there is nothing formal he, taking He place. nailed it. Well said. Gosh, wow. This guy's sharp, Jesse. He said what needs to be said here. Yeah. Unmentioned by many commentators is a subtle but very important shift in language where sexual unions that are objectively gravely sinful are now euphemistically referred to as merely irregular. Yeah, this is important what he says about irregular heartbeats. Continue, Jess. This is I awesome. bought a shirt once that was cheaper because <laughs> it had irregular arm length. I think this is great. I also had an irregular heartbeat. Irregular thus usually means something that deviates from a standard norm and such deviations can be as relatively harmless as a missized sweater or as harmful as a sketchy heart rhythm. But by itself, the term irregular can imply either. Therefore, the constant usage of the term in this document and others like it is itself a poker tell that the sexual sins in question are being portrayed as perhaps not so sinful in all cases and may just be the equivalent of that irregular shirt sleeve. Let me just jump in and say this, Jesse. I love biblical language. You know, the word adultery, we know what that word means, okay? Why don't we just go back to biblical words and not have any ambiguity, this irregular unions? I I just think that it's just a uh, soft way of saying sin, but, you know, we really don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So it's just irregular, Jesse. We have to go back to New Testament language. That's my point. Continue. Yes. This little two-step has become both common and tiresome 
during 10 years of his papacy. First, begin by affirming that no doctrines are being chained. Oh, yeah. Secondly, more quickly to, to speaking of the doctrines as ideals of perfection that nobody lives up to completely. This legitimize, legitimates not applying the doctrines in any meaningful way to the lives of real people who are deemed not yet ready for the full milk of the gospel. Thirdly, the doctrines in question are quietly and quickly set aside for pastoral reasons. This guy's got Pope Francis figured out, Terry. Oh, he, he's got him, yeah. But, yeah. You know, and this Jesse... Guy, yeah, he's a... The, Larry Chapp, he's a retired professor of theology from... from uh, uh, the DeSales University near Allentown, Pennsylvania. He has his papacy figured out cold. Yep. Yep. That is the, that is a clever trick, but it has been used once too often and has now become predictable to the point of simply being tiresome. The moral teaching of the church, especially on matters sexual is undercut directly when the text says that no moral interrogation of persons is to take place before a blessing is given, lest this be seen. As a kind of clerical Don't tell. control. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That positions itself as an obstacle between the supplicant Terrible. and the unqualified love of God. Yeah. This rather harsh and strange characterization of a pastor's duty to make those kind of moral adjudications is another indication of the mind of this papacy. This presumption is that most priests are finger wagging, pinched up moralizers who would most likely botch such pastoral encounters. So Rome is intervening to put the kibosh on any such conservative conversations. How very synodal of them. He nailed it. Gosh, he's good. Keep going. The new blessings of Cardinal Fernandez are innovative precisely insofar as they are unmoored from real moral consideration. They are the reduction of a priestly blessing to a shallow, good morning, how are you? I hope you're well today. And who and who could or would ob- object object uh, object to that except the jerk? The rationale behind the problematic distinction between blessings is vague and rather contradictory. The text is adamant that such blessings can in no way be confused with such a marital blessing, or that what is being blessed is the union as such. But then the text says that the blessing is offered in order to lift up into God's light those elements of the relationship that are truly good and nurturing. How then is that is that not blessing the union as such? Or are we seeing yet another hair-splitting distinction between the sinful elements in the union, which are not being blessed, and the good parts of the union, which are? Mm-hmm. That's in, yeah, that's good impossible point. to do. For a priest to say, so I'm going to bless this part of you, yeah. of, you know, of, of your person, but not this part. That's impossible. impossible. You're blessing the whole person. Yeah. But how is the priest to know, since he's not allowed to ask moral questions beforehand, this gives every indication that Rome does not think sexual sins are really all that nettlesome. I doubt the Vatican envisions an incestuous brother and sister couple who are in an irregular union requesting a blessing. But if they do, and they ask the priest to bless the relationship, is he not supposed to ask any further questions in that case? Or is it only some sexual sins that are off, that are off limits? I suspect such is the case with the sins that are off limits pertaining to the more socially acceptable and overlookable sins of homosexual unions or the divorce and remarry. Let me jump in and just say, Jesse, we've all gone to confession here and ran into a priest who said, that's not a sin anymore. I mean, we've heard friends tell us that, and it's sad, but this is what's going on at the high levels of the church. It's sad. He says, even worse, however, 
This text further justifies such blessings on the grounds that nobody is perfect anymore. Anyway, and the priests routinely bless random people no matter what their sinful status. On the surface of this seems reasonable, but it masks a deeper agenda Mm. to so uh, attenuate the call to sanctification that this call applies to practically nobody. See, the universal call to holiness. No, no, that's, that's an ideal. You can't get that. He says, no. this is on par with the constant emphasis in the papacy that there can be no real Eucharistic discipline applied to the church because the Eucharist is not, after all, a prize for the perfect. That's a Francis line. Of course it is. Yeah. And with the Eucharist, so too here. <clears throat> None of us deserve the Eucharist or any priestly blessings. We do not earn them through good works, and we are all sinners who fall short of the mark. Therefore, just as sinners can receive the Holy Eucharist as a healing balm, so too can they receive priestly blessings. And any opposition to this is just, are you ready? Pharisaical hypocrisy. Continue, Jeff. Yeah, the text insists that this is not contradicting the 2021 statement of the DDF, which states that the church cannot confer such blessings since the church cannot bless sin. <laughs> the explanation given is that the new blessings being proposed are not blessings, the sinful sexual union. Yeah, they get around as it. such, yeah. but only the individuals who have presented themselves spontaneously for a <laughs> blessing. That's a distinction without a difference. So I'll say That's it again. Right. Apparently, it's the category of spontaneity mentioned several times, which is key since apparently it is a category, uh, since that makes the blessing allegedly less formal and similar to a priest randomly running into someone on the street who says, "Hey, hey, Fada, can you give can, can you give an altar boy a blessing?" New Yorker, yeah, Jesse. But context is everything, Terry. Exactly. And who are, who are we kidding here? No. Who are we kidding? We're not fooling anybody. They're spinning this, Terry, yeah. because they want to bless the. The, need, the woke left wants to bless homosexual and unions and normalize it. For our leaders in our yes, church to yep. make sacrifices that they will see the true light of a world biblical view rather than a manly view, a, a worldly view. And remember this, actions speak louder than words. What are, our, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to put action into prayer into action. Pray for our church leaders. Jesse Romero, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of grace. And as Fulton Sheen said, we need a Christ who will restore moral indignation, yeah, yeah. who will make us hate evil with a passionate intensity and love goodness to the point where we can drink death like water. What well, next is Bishop Joseph Strickland. You won't want to miss this bishop. He is the man uh, he, we call America's bishop. Stay with us, family. May God richly bless you and your family.